Oh, <laughs> hello. Hey, hi, howdy. It's time to get tuned in, turned on, and tuned up with me and your weekly dose of the Healthy Happy Fun Hour here at the Associated Credit Union of Texas studio. So do you like to read? Have you ever wanted to be a writer? And do you think poems stink? We are talking all of those things today with my new monthly content specialist, Dr. Cindy. The question of the day is to be or not to be a writer or whatever. So, <laughs> and we, uh, Cindy is going to help. Dr. Cindy is going to help you put your best sentence forward. So again, my guest this week is Dr. Cindy Childress, the content specialist. Is that correct? That is awesome. So welcome to the show, Cindy. Yay. Thank you. Woo. I'm excited to <laughs> I be here. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited to have you. And, you know, we're starting baseball season. So just like in baseball, you're, you've been brought up to the show, you know. Right. <laughs> you know, when they bring you up, it's like going to the show. So, you know, so welcome to the show. I'm very happy to have you. And just so that everyone knows, Dr. Cindy's going to be with us once a month, the first Thursday of every month. And we'll be talking anything and everything writing and whatever else that that includes right you bet yes. all right so i'm so glad that you're here again joining me i am your sacred movement mentor which means i am dedicated to helping you awaken your play purpose and pleasure and since many of you listening and have also been asking me about books i know you have either found pleasure in reading a great book or you've toyed around with the idea of writing your own i decided it was high time to bring in a content specialist of our own to the dorsey show so you Welcome, so Cindy. glad you did. Thank you. <laughs> so this is what I love to talk about. <laughs> yeah, no, no joke. <laughs> All right, so Dr. Cindy is going, you're going to educate us on proper grammar. Grammar. Shoot. Why, sure. For <laughs> shizzle. Yes. <laughs> All right, so we're going to have some questions. We're just going to get right on into it this okay. morning. Tell me, why, in your opinion, Dr. Cindy, should people even care about writing, poetry, language, any of that? Well, because we all do it, whether we pay attention to the fact that we're doing it or not. Mm -hmm. So even if you are tweeting or you're texting people or you're writing emails with tons of spelling errors, you're still <laughs> writing. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, and I do it too. I write, you know, Facebook posts, those are all text-based. And if you care about whether people understand what you say and will get your message, then um, you're going to have to care about writing well. And that doesn't always mean um, making sure that all the commas are in place. You know, sometimes that just means <laughs> you're using the right slang so the people you're trying to get to will listen to you. I am so <laughs> glad you said that about the right slang because, you know, there are the, so many people out there that get bent out of shape if you don't put a comma in the right place or mm -hmm. if you use a little commonly used slang or colloquialism for now. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. you know what? Get over yourself. I mean, give me a break. It just drives me a little crazy, you know, so I'm glad that you said that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah it does me too. Because it doesn't matter. No. It really doesn't matter at the end of the day. You know, it's more of the point. You know, we'll talk about that a little bit more in a little bit. Um, so tell me the difference between a copywriter and a ghostwriter. Because you, do you do both? I do both, okay. and they are very different. Okay. So for copywriting, um, you follow a format. I've got a format for sales pages that I have borrowed generously from Dan Kennedy and some of the other <laughs> leaders in the sales writing space. Okay. And, you know, it's a formula. It's a science. You still have to be good with words to be able to find the right words. Mm-hmm. 
but it's a science. And then in contrast, ghostwriting is an art form. Because for copywriting, I'm not, you know, I'm worried about, the only thing I'm worried about is selling your stuff to the people who want to buy it and making sure they know what you're selling and why they need to buy it from you. So copywriting is sales writing. And then in contrast, ghostwriting is more about me figuring out what you really want to say and then finding those words to help you say it in the most effective way. And that is not about following a formula that somebody else created. This is every time it's you and me, and I need to find out what magical piece of genius you have inside you oh, to share. I like that magical piece of genius, because we all know <laughs> that I am magical, like a little unicorn. <laughs> I got the colors in my hair to prove it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I just, I, I kind of want to recap just a little bit, because I know I have a lot of people, you know, when we get into writing, and I'm sure you get this a lot too, all of a sudden it seems like, oh, everybody and their grandmother is a writer or, or wants to be, which I believe everyone has a story. Everyone has a book and it should be out in the world. We all have a story that needs to be told. And so I wasn't even really sure what copywriting and ghostwriting was. And I know there's a lot of entrepreneurs that, you know, we both have as friends and that are listeners to the show. And copywriting, again, is more for, say, like your ads and your marketing to drive mm -hmm. people to you. Right. And then ghostwriting is more for literary works and speeches, you know, things like that. Because we have some folks that, you know, that I know that don't really, maybe not necessarily want to write a book. They do want to be up on stages. They want to get their message out that way. So right. that's where you could come in to help as well, correct? Yes, yes, I do that too. I'll just say, tell me what you want to talk about. And I'll take notes, and the whole time you're telling me what you want to say, I'm mm -hmm. writing it down, but better. Oh, <laughs> and <laughs> I'm writing down you, but better. <laughs> yes, nice. It, it, it happened yesterday. I was on um, a live Zoom call with a client, uh -huh. and we figured out um, everything she needed to be saying in order to reach the people she needed to reach, and put her message across in a way they could understand. A lot of us who are experts, and you know highly intelligent, overly educated business people. And we've got these, <laughs> yes, we've got a lot of degrees and, you know, I have a PhD after my own name, so I understand that. But mm -hmm. then um, the people that you want to do business with who need to hear from you are probably not the other people with all those degrees after their name. So true. So we need to find a way to take our very complicated thing that we know mm -hmm. and then be able to put it out in a quick bit that the person who needs to hear it can immediately understand it, use it. They're drawn to you. They want to learn more from you. And that's how, you know, being on stage translates into a coaching package. It doesn't translate gotcha. if you're using all your big words. Well, that's true. Everything is, you know, even with the health and wellness place that I play in, you know, a lot of people don't really care about the heavy science. They just kind of want to know, here's my problem. How can you help me fix it? And what do we do to get started? And if you could make, you know, that's why that show was so popular. What is it? Are you smarter than a fifth grader? You know, I mean, you need to really, and I don't mean this, and you you know this as well, you know, in a derogatory way, you do need to break it down to something like a fifth grader could understand, you know? Yeah. And we're in such a scroll world, you know, you scroll through Facebook, you scroll through social media, you know, you need something to stop the scroll. And that is very concise to the point ads or targeted words. And, you know, so, so for those of you listening, if you need some help with that, we now have, I'm your girl. I know, Dr. Cindy. <laughs> I'm so excited about that. So real briefly, we'll get into this and a little bit more here in just a little bit. 
April is Poetry Month. Now, every month has a day for this and a day for that and a Love Your Dog Day and a Googly Eye Day or whatever. So <laughs> why, why is, um, no, I'm, no, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not going to ask you that. I want to ask you first, if April is Poetry Month, who is your favorite poet? Do you have one? First of all, do you have one, a favorite Ooh, poet? I do. Okay, and who is that? Wallace Stevens. Oh, so do you have a favorite poem? Well, I do. His My favorite poem of his is called Sunday Morning, and I'll tell you Ooh. why I love it. Um, I love Sunday Morning. Sunday yes. Morning. <laughs> <laughs> because Wallace Stevens was a poet by night, and by day he was a very successful insurance salesman. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> most poets have a day job, and it's not always academia. And gotcha. his the lot in this poem is, after the last no is a yes. Oh, that is so appropriate Seriously. for business. Oh my yes. gosh, because that's the thing we're afraid of is the yeah. no. Is the, oh, I, so let me tell you who mine is. I would love to know. Uncle Walt, Walt Whitman. Uncle Walty oh, is one of I my favorites. Him. Yes. And it one of and I used one of his in my previous business, and it is nothing is better than simplicity. Walt Whitman. Ooh. And that was part of my business name was Simplicity and then made M A I D to order. So I had to play on the words because oh, I had a cleaning cute. service. And hey, mm-hmm. what's better than simplicity? I talk about it now. Simple steps and micro habits. So me and Uncle Walt, we've been to, we've been together for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I love Uncle Walty. That's awesome. So I'm gonna you'll have to write that down for me because I love so say that last yeah. part again. After the last no is a yes. Oh my gosh, I absolutely love that. So the top two things that move people, according to the fox, what does the fox say? Coming up next. We're back on The Dorsey Show with Dr. Cindy, content specialist, and we are discussing to be or not to be a creative, a writer, or whatever. We say yes, don't we, Cindy? Always. (laughs) Always. Yes. <laughs> hey, ch- check your phone, your volume. Make sure your volume is down for me. I hear a little bit of a little bit of something extra here. All right. So we say do it and just be it, right? So before the break, I asked, or actually saying, what does the fox say? All right. Actually, I found a quote by a poet, Emmett Fox, believe it or not. And that is, you must not... Under any pretense, allow your mind to dwell on any thought that is not positive, constructive, optimistic, or kind. I love that. Me too. I agree. I think if more people were like that, especially on their posting and their writing, whatever they're doing out in the Mm -hmm. world, social media, emails, whatever, this world would be a whole lot different. And then the two things that move people, I think, are words and music. Would you agree? Yes. Of course. <laughs> You're a ghostwriter. Of course. <laughs> words was was definitely one of them. And yes. yeah, I agree. Music moves your body literally. So it does. Yeah. You know, and there's nothing to me that moves people more than I mean, you can read a poem, you can watch a movie which was written before it's now acted, you know, mm-hmm. and you are so moved to doing something, being something, saying something, whether it's good or bad, you're moved. And the same with music. I mean that to me, I mean we've had words in music for millennium 
you know. And so that's why I was like, man, we have just got to have Miss Cindy come on because I, you know, I have been a writer and a dancer since I was a wee one. So they're in my wheelhouse, things I love to talk about and mm-hmm. they're fun. So anything fun, we're just going to do. And that's a whole lot of fun. Yeah. And you said something important there about how words. <gasps> oh, I did? Yes. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yeah, about how words move people because yes. this this is true if you're copywriting and you're trying to sell something. Mm-hmm. It's true if you're just trying to get an idea out there and inspire people and get them to change something in their behavior. Yep. Um, in either case, they're not going to be moved to do anything if you don't move them emotionally. So yes. what happens is you have to use the right words effectively to create that affect or mm-hmm. emotional response. Mm-hmm. And then that emotional response comes before are actually moved to then do the thing you want them to do, whether it's to buy your thing or start recycling or, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love recycling, by the way, and moving. So, hey, you know, yes. we're going to get along really good. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was all excited. Like you said, something important. I'm like, hot diggity. <laughs> I have to mark that down. Check, important thought, done. All right. Yes. So I have another question for you. Sure. What do you say to mm-hmm. people that think poetry is outdated or lame? Because I'm here to tell you, Hallmark would disagree with those people. They make millions. They have millions of viewers, millions of watchers on their shows, their movies. They sell so much in their stores. So, Mm -hmm. of course, they don't agree with that. I know a lot of people think it's outdated or lame. So what do you think and say to those people? Sure. Well, first of all, some of it is probably, in your opinion, lame or outdated. (laughs) (laughs) And we all know what, you know, opinions are like. (laughs) Yes. And, you know, you probably made to memorize a poem in school that you didn't choose that wasn't to your liking oh yeah and nothing puts a bad taste in your mouth than being forced to memorize something you don't care about like i totally get that that's true and then you know some people like rhyming poetry some people Mm -hmm. don't some people like slam poetry some people find it really loud and impossible to really get into Mm -hmm. it goes by too fast and they can't hear the words some people like poetry which is read just like this (laughs) in a university and some people find that obnoxious i was gonna say i find (laughs) that poetry just a bit monotonous (laughs) (laughs) yes and i would say you know just whatever you like whether it's golf pets i just got a poem accepted for publication in a journal that only publishes poems about furry pets Aw, like, well, that'll move you for yes, sure. Yes, <laughs> exactly. But, you know, whatever you like, you can find poetry about it. And when you find poetry about what you like, um, you're much more likely to enjoy what you find because it's poetry that's inspiring, you know, to move you emotionally in some mm-hmm. way about something you already like. So that's the direction I would push people in. Google poetry and the thing you love, and then you'll probably find poetry ah. you like. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize there are poems that are now that are made into rap songs or other songs or based a lot on, you know, a certain part of a poem or whatever. So to say that you don't like poetry or it's lame, then stop listening to music. Stop watching movies because exactly. it's in there, you oh, know. Yeah. And there's a reason why you're watching it because like we talked earlier, it moves you to do something. Watch yes. that movie, listen to that piece of music or something or another. So yeah, I agree completely. All right. And we talked briefly about April being poetry month. 
So why is this month, April, Poetry Month? And, you know, I did say there were so many different days for each month, you know, and, and I've decided I think I'm going to start. The people that know me will be like, oh, of course. You mm-hmm. know, I think I'm going to start my own day, and it'll be April 1st. So April Fool's Day, we're going to have to change April Fool's Day. It should be Happy Fart Noise Day <laughs> is what I think. And, yes, That's I even great. have a little machine. I got it from Walmart. They didn't pay me for that. They should pay me for saying that, that I have a fart noise maker. And it is well. the coolest <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, that, I'm sorry. That's one of my things. But I think I'm going to change that to Happy Fart Noise I Day. I think you should start it. I think yeah. I should, too, because <laughs> it's funny. It's giggly. And if you can't laugh at something like that, Lord help us, then you have a lot of problems, you know. Yes. I think so. Yeah. So tell me about, um, besides that being a great idea for a new day in April, mm-hmm. why is April Poetry Month? Sure. Well, there is the famous poem by um, called The Love Song of J. Alfred Prufrock. Which starts? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, love that name. (laughs) And the first line is "April is the cruelest month." Oh, and I know. And the reason that um, April is the cruelest month, according to the way the poem is laid out, is because April is so beautiful and everything is blooming. But if you're not blooming, for instance, if your love life is in the toilet at the moment, (laughs) if things are going wrong for you, if you're at a dinner party, no one's paying attention to you, and if you're uh, a, if you're afraid to dare to eat a peach because the juice from the peach might get on your face, mm-hmm. then you know. So it's really it's a poem that's about that extreme narcissism and self absorption that poets are notorious for. Okay, but it's about how when everything else is great outside, if you feel bad inside, then the beauty is cruel because it's not reflected inside yourself. Okay. Well, I mean, that makes mm-hmm. sense. You know, it's the same for like with people in Valentine, or, you know, around Valentine's mm-hmm. in February, they have some absolutely hated, you know, especially yeah. if they don't have anyone or they've had a bad experience, you know, a breakup right. or something or just whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I can see that, you know, I mean, it, because everything is blooming, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's coming to life, it's coming back, you know, there's all kinds of little babies and all kinds of fun little stuff. So yeah, it makes sense, I guess. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I had no idea that it was, um, is there and, any other mo- well, writing um, month or anything? Well, yeah, and I was going to piggyback on that. So the big thing for poetry this month, and of course, there's also 12 months and they have to not be in the same month as okay. Naporimo. But as so, what? I know. So... Um, <laughs> she's just throwing out these words. I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so this month, a lot of poets all over the world are writing a poem every month, every, sorry, every day of the month for National Poetry Month. It's called Napo Remo. Napo Remo. And um, okay. <laughs> I'm going to have to look back at my spelling because these are funny words. So it's, um, and then in November is... Um, Naporimo when you're writing a thousand words a day and you're supposed to complete a novel by the end of the month or maybe even more than a thousand words. I guess it depends on what your word count goals are. I was going to say that's a lot for most people. A thousand a day. Right. Heck, they can't, (laughs) some people can't even get to a thousand in a month, you know. Right. But, um, so that's, so you've got your novelists in November and then you've got your poets in April. So you can take your pick or do both. I think you should do both. I think, well, of course you do. (laughs) 
I do too because I love to write. And I do have my fourth one coming out soon, so I'm very excited yeah. about that. All right, so you are being new, since you're new to the show, I do want to say on this episode to let everyone kind of know some things that we'll be talking about, what they can expect, because again, when I started getting into writing and, and you know, the publishing world, it's amazing how you think, oh, everybody is a writer, you know, although I think what is the statistic as say, 98% of the population want to write a book, something like that, and yet only 5% ever do it mm-hmm. or something like that. So just give us a few brief little things that we'll be talking about that you're going to bring to our listeners, some content, you know, so they can know what's coming on the first Thursday of every month. Sure. Well, one thing we're going to be talking about are reasons that you might not have written your book yet if you are not in that 5%. Mm -hmm. And I've got lots of different ideas that will make you feel better about that. Because a lot of times, if you haven't written your book yet, that's because the idea is not there fully fleshed out yet. Mm -hmm. Or there's something you haven't done or overcome that needs to happen before you're going to be able to write the book with the amount of truth and authenticity that you need to bring to your message. And sometimes you just have the wrong idea and the universe won't let you put it out there because it's not the right idea. (laughs) It's like, Dorsey, no, not now. (laughs) That stinks, not now. (laughs) That stinks literally and figuratively, not now. (laughs) Yes. Or, you know, that's not for you. Yeah. There's something else for you. Gotcha. You know, and I think there is something for everybody. Oh, sure. Yeah. So there'll be a lot of talk about trying to figure out what are the reasons that you haven't written the book that you want to write yet. And then, you know, obviously with the goal to help you get closer to Mm -hmm. the point to write your book. And then a lot of people start them and don't finish them. And we'll look at all the reasons that that can happen as well. Okay. Well, those are great topics. And a lot of things that I hear, you know, Mm -hmm. when you, again, when you start putting out a book, you know, the first one that you're in or whatever, and then all these people, I didn't know this. And so how do you do this? And you get a lot of how to's, how do you do this? How do you go here? And what about Mm -hmm. this? And I'm sure you get it even more than I did, you know, because I am on, a little bit different side of things. I mean, you know, you, I have someone that I'm working with that's doing some editing and things like that. And that's what you do for a lot sure. of people as well and take yeah. their ideas and, and formulate it much better. But yeah, there's, I get tons of questions and I'm sure, what is, mm-hmm. uh, tell me this, what is the, the top question I guess you get about books? Well, the number one question Just off the top of your head. Well, everybody that comes to me asks me, um, should I self-publish or should I go the... Oh, yeah. Yeah, should I go try to go the traditional route or should I Mm self-publish? And that's always... It's always an awkward conversation if they are kind of themselves leaning toward um, not Mm self-publishing. And are we going to come back and talk about that more in a minute? (laughs) Yeah, we will in just a minute. (laughs) And so I do have a a question here. I don't want you to answer this. So you're probably going to be like, oh, my Lord. So do you like them big, small, thick, or thin? Does size matter? Find out what matters most in just a few minutes. I am here with Dr. Cindy, content specialist, and we are discussing to be or not to be a writer. (laughs) So I asked before the break, does size matter? So do you like them big, small, thick, or thin? So tell me your thoughts. Make sure that you reach out to me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, or Twitter, and tell me your thoughts, you know, big, small, thick, or thin. Size does matter when it comes to books, doesn't it, Cindy? 
Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I know before the break, she was like, that's really a good question. And, and then it's like, hey, well, okay, we're going to have to talk about that a little bit. So we were talking, you and I, during the break about that. And it does matter. And we talked earlier about different genres. And we also hit on going with traditional publishing or self-publishing. So let's start with that. So I know you. that's one of the main questions you get asked is, do I go with the publishing house? Do I do self-publishing? And what are your thoughts on that? So it depends on what your goals are as an author. Mm -hmm. And um, one misconception that people have is that if they go with a big traditional publishing house, then they just make a Man, they make money and they don't have to do anything. Oh, really? Hey, and, just sit there and the <laughs> bucks come rolling in. Yes. <laughs> Easy street. And, and, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people who have a lot of knowledge to bring to the table think that that's all it takes, mm-hmm. to, which would be to write a high-quality informational book. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, if you don't have a large following, I mean a lot, like, thousands and thousands of people on your email list like hundreds of thousands most yeah yeah, for all intents and purposes yeah i mean we'll like dorsey on the dorsey show and you've got a lot of followers here and um but if you don't have a platform and a lot a lot of followers then they're going to see that as a bad marketing decision even if it is a good book and Mm -hmm. i say that to people because it's not to insult your intelligence and it's not to say that there's not value that in what you want to say and it's not even to say that the the, the editor whose desk your book might fall onto might also agree. But if they don't think, if they think it's going to be too difficult to sell it, yeah. then they're not going to option it. And so. Because the, they're not going to spend, they don't, traditional publishing houses don't spend the money on marketing and ads for each author like they used to. Not That's at a all. misconception. They don't promote it like they used to. Yes. I mean, whether you're self-publishing or you're going with a big publishing house, you're still going to have to do a lot of the marketing yourself. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to build your own email list. Yep. You're going to have to build the relationships with your readers, even book your own speaking gigs, Mm -hmm. hire your own PR person Mm -hmm. separately. Like those are the realities and that's okay, but just know the game that you're playing and don't pretend like it's something else. Yeah. And then the side of self-publishing is you have total control over your intellectual property. I know. And I'm not giving up any control of anything. (laughs) Who can control me anyway? I mean, come on. (laughs) Nobody can control you. But the thing thing is, you know, a lot of people have this book baby and then they think that, you know, Random House is going to help them get it out to the world and then it's going to launch them. And the thing is, you become Random House's product. Yeah. And maybe you're okay with that. And maybe that's what you want to sign up for. No. A lot of people, it's not. You know, if you want to build your coaching practice or, um, you know, you're a doctor and you're trying to attract people to fly in from all over America or the world to Mm -hmm. come to your firm for the unique thing you specialize in, Mm -hmm. you don't want the big publishing house to be in control of when your book comes out or who sees it you want to be in control of that yeah you want to be in control of who can reproduce it and what subsequent editions look like and you know sometimes you can option those in your contract but a lot of times especially for first-time authors they don't even know to look for those things yeah and um you know so but it's not to say that big house publishing is always bad if you want to publish for instance commercial fiction Mm -hmm. that's still the best way to get it out there to the most people gotcha Um, as opposed to if you're writing sci-fi or Mm self-help you may sell just as many or more copies on amazon than you will you know with that extra help well you know with amazon being kind of the go-to place i mean people are doing audible kindle you know or just even ordering books off of amazon 
Amazon, I mean, it's almost insane not to go that route, you mm -hmm. know, and I've noticed and correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of times for new authors, you know, if you've never really published anything at all, or have maybe had a little bit of, of success with publishing, it seems to me like if you can get some things on Amazon, you develop a, a author profile, you can do that on Amazon. Yes. Then a lot of times the publishing, the larger, if that's a goal, I sure. would almost say, you know, I'm kind of the also the same agreement with like colleges. If you're going to go to college, go to like a junior college or tech college or something first before you decide to go off somewhere else, mm -hmm. kind of get your footing. Same with some books, get in, do some self-publishing, sort of develop a name, build a name. And then sometimes like, you know, Random House, Scribner, Hay House, some of those will see, wow, she's already published. She's got this thing. She's got this profile. And then you're more apt to be at least, um, Oh, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, I keep wanting to say enjoyable, just something that they would look and go, oh, hey, mm -hmm. this might be someone. And sometimes they'll reach out to you instead of you pitching to them. Yes. And, you know, what's interesting is that was more likely to happen the bigger audience that you have mm -hmm. because they're looking for people with big audiences. Because it's easier for them to sell. Yes. It's marketing around yeah. the book. Yeah, because they're book businesses, mm -hmm. you know, it's and they've got to pay their bills and make money and make oh, the sure. shareholders happy like any other oh, business. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So we did talk about size. So give me your impression of, you know, everything like social media is scroll. You got to stop the scroll, whatever we can do to get, you know, to get their attention. And it's the same with books mm. so what is say in again your opinion sure. the perfect length of and, and most of the people that we have listening you know a lot, of, a lot of them are entrepreneurs you know first-time business owners and whatnot so for someone like that with like self-help coaching whatever what is a good length of book I would say it needs to be over 100 pages mm -hmm. because you're going to want to have it printed and something people can hold in their hand. Okay. Unless you're targeting millennials, in which case the ebook, they will never hold a printed book in their hand. Most of them. Okay. Not all. Gotcha. But um, hence the popularity of, of podcast and audible and, and whatnot. Yes. Okay. But um, to me, I'd say 45,000 to 60,000 words would be a sweet spot. That's going to okay. get you over 100 pages, depending okay. on the formatting choices that you make that can easily be 130, um, 135. Okay. And that's a nice little chunk for people to get to know you, understand your brand and the value that you bring to the table. And then always have a call to action in your final chapter. I am so glad you said that. <laughs> yes, because otherwise the whole thing was a waste. You shouldn't yeah. have paid me. You shouldn't have paid your PR and marketing people. Don't even do it if you don't have a call to action to stay in touch with you. Either join your email list, come to your website and get a free download so they get on yeah. your email list that way. I love Join that. your Facebook group. You've got to have a place to hold the people who want more from you. I'm so glad you said that because um, the the publisher that I'm dealing with currently, you know, them, and there's, there's another woman that I follow as well that does, you know, a lot of big time authors and she's self-publishing. She just, you know, works in a different realm if you will and that's one of the things she talks about as well throughout the book mm -hmm. have some steps some action steps where they're reading and doing you yes. know and i mean now granted if it's more of a just a fluff story easy read just for fun sure. i mean you'll have something still at the you'd, you'd be stupid not to have something at the back I mean, of the book not? where they contact yeah. you or something all the way through it where they have things to do and it's interactive yeah those are the books i personally you know gravitate to because i'm doing something or i'm reading and then i can go take an action I agree. And yeah. I've got a writer I'm working with right now on a book, and he's got a video to go with each chapter. Ooh. 
Oh, yes. I like that. Yeah, and there's going to be a little barcode, so you can just scan it with your oh phone. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, like a little QR code. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. sweet. It is cool. And You've you got can, some awesome ideas. You, bet. <laughs> <laughs> you can also embed video in an ebook, mm-hmm. and that's already yeah. there. But this is, you know, because it's important to him for his brand, he sure. needs a physical book, not just something he emails to gotcha. people. Gotcha, yeah. But it's also important to be kinesthetically interactive with his readers. So, gotcha. yeah. Well, you know, and you can do like, it, I'm not going to give away everything. There's some things I'm thinking about in my book. And then certain portions of that, a friend of mine said, hey, well, you could take that and develop an ebook just from this little thing. And I was like, oh, it's like a book from a book. Ooh, yes. <laughs> I thought, oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. So then again, it's another step. It's, hey, if you like these little things or, you mm-hmm. know, whatever, click here or, you know, type in this link to go. Yeah. and da-da-da. So I'm taking all these ideas. I, I'm so excited again for having you on because these are going to be some great tips and nuggets for people to do. And then we'll also have some little prompts that we'll be doing on social media. Hey, for the next show, we're going to be talking this. So do this kind of some homework for, mm-hmm. for the aspiring writers or yes. authors or those that want to get into any kind of publication. And so tell us before um, I forget, Dr. Cindy, how can our listeners get in touch with you? So the best way to get in touch with me is to go to my website at www.childresscommunication.com and there you will find all kinds of goodies. <laughs> I have some downloadable freebies, so be sure and check those out. Treat yourself. Nice. I'm yeah. going to do that. And a lot of gems in the blogs there. Where I, And I put out my best ideas. I don't hold anything back because oh, I, I believe that. that Either you can do it or you're just too busy and you want me to do it for you. So um, you find really good advice there in my blogs. Awesome. Well, you said gems. So anything to do with gems, jewelry, (laughs) bling, you know, in whatever form or fashion I am all about. So make sure you check her out at, say it again www.childresscommunications.com. All right. So social media, grammar, and poopy opinions. Mm -hmm. These are a few of my favorite things. So stay right here for my weekly scoop up next. Welcome back to the poopy apportion, the, the poopy apportion, poopy opinion <laughs> portion of the show. So before the break, I said, what do, or one of my favorite things is what do opinions and poop have in common? Well, everyone has one, an opinion. Everyone does it, poop, of course. And they both usually stink. Is that right, Cindy? <laughs> it is. Yes, it is, unfortunately. <laughs> so I'm just going to give you my opinion anyway. So my opinion this week, and it was something we kind of touched on earlier, Cindy, and that we'll be getting into another episode, is grammar and social media. Mm. Oh, yes, I have an opinion on that. Who the heck cares? <laughs> exactly. Right. I mean, come yeah. on. If you are so concerned with people's grammar in post, then either become a copywriter right. or a ghostwriter <laughs> and hang out your shingle to get grammatically challenged clients mm-hmm. or find a damn hobby. <laughs> that That is my opinion on that. If you have way too much time to critique a post, an article, some kind of publication, then you need to find some meaningful work, in my opinion. Idle hands and time are the devil's work, as my granny would say. (laughs) And, you know, those posts on social media where someone is really into saying their two cents and they're just going and and you could tell that they were in the moment and they're just typing and it probably doesn't make as much sense as if they took a little bit of time to type it up, you know, and it looks like gibberish. Of course, the sad thing is most of those times I understand exactly what they're talking about, (laughs) you know, because with words, you only need like the beginning letter 
and the end letter and your mind can automatically put the word together, which I think is so miraculous. And then all of a sudden here comes the comments, you know, like, oh my God, learn to spell, learn to type, learn mm -hmm. to talk. And it'd be easier to take you seriously if you would learn to spell. And uh, my, my response to that is when iPhone and Siri stop autocorrecting me, then you and I can have a conversation <laughs> because autocorrect has become my worst enema. Mm -hmm. And yes, that has happened. <laughs> I have actually typed something and sent and went, oh my Lord. Of course, it's appropriate for me because I love to talk, you know, health, sure. wellness, and poop. And enema <laughs> is right up my alley. However, well. it's not always appropriate. And it is not that important to have something spelled correctly or even used 100% correctly in a sentence. The tone, the emotion, and intent of the sentiment is what is most important. And sometimes in the heat of the moment, it is more valuable to get your emotions across rather than spelling. I mean, come on, if you can use Ebonics and fascizzle to <laughs> communicate, then a few grammatical, did I say that right? Grammatical faux pas are just fine. And if you are judging someone by the way that they type, remember this, or I want you to ask yourself this, how great are you at speaking, typing, and relating to others? Because there are so many more important issues to concern yourself other than GC post. And when I say GC post, I mean the grammatically correct. The GC police are as bad as the PC police, and they're both <laughs> insane. I mean, if you get offended by everything that you see or hear, then just stay home and put aluminum foil on your head because you are a little cray-cray. And yes, you probably think that the aliens are going <laughs> to suck out whatever if you don't have aluminum on your head. Just stay home. So I don't know about any of you writers out there. My best work always comes when I sit down, start typing or writing, yes, with pen and paper. Cindy mm -hmm. and I were just talking about that. I love to write. It's something about putting pen to paper and for all of those of you that ever want to get me a nice little gifty just because you think I'm nifty <laughs> I love colored pens by the way just don't give me any gel ones I can't stand the gel pens mm -hmm. and I just let it come I believe in divine inspiration and when I don't care what other people think that's when I'm at my best I just let it flow put it down and that's when some of my best work occurs if I ever worried about every little phrase or misspelling I and probably most writers would never get anything written done and out in the world so my take is get over it scroll past it that's what social media is for keep scrolling or just stay off social media it's that simple enjoy what you read stop critiquing everything because life should be fun and not analyzed so i'm going to wrap up this week with the dollop of dorsey for the week and it is another fun little poem you have brains in your head you have feet in your shoes you can steer yourself in any direction you choose you're on your own and you know what you know and you are the one who'll decide where to go and that is by Dr. Seuss. And now where I want you to go is to my website at www.dorseyhillglobal.com and request a book a session to talk about how to have play, pleasure, and purpose a priority and get your healthy and happy set for life. If you aren't as happy and if you don't giggle as much as I do, then Houston, we have a problem and we can fix it together. So that is it today for this episode of the Healthy Happy Fun Hour with Cindy. Say goodbye, Dr. Cindy our content specialist signing off goodbye everybody <laughs> here on the dorsey show make sure to join me every thursday here at 10 a.m central standard time on vinyl draft radio to listen live on the tune in app or the replay anytime on our youtube channel or itunes that is it for us i will see you next week bye for now